raised up. Uh, they preached on hell and revelations quite frequently. And for a long time as a young person, I stayed in church because I was scared to death to go to hell, folks. And I don't know if you read it, but the Bible says there is a blessing in reading Revelation. But I'm telling you, if you didn't get that tape, you need to get that CD or whatever we've got around here to listen to how he preached about hell. And then I examined myself, just like the preacher said, Oh, God, I don't want to miss that. To live my whole life and then miss it. Miss it. And I think Sister T, they used to say a lot when I was growing up. Listen, people would come up to me and they'd say, you ain't got to live like that. You ain't got to live like that. I mean, I heard it so much I could write it. You ain't got to live like that. But you know what? I'm not going to go to hell if I live too close. But I will if I don't live close enough. You know, and I'd say, you know, why are you going to live, I mean, live and then take a chance? Why would you take a chance on something? I don't want to miss it, folks. I'm not going to fly by it. But if I can make it by the skin of my teeth, where are the unrighteous going to be? You understand? It's a close way. And if you read Revelation, You'll find there's places in there that the Lord is calling us. You need to see about this. Let's sing that chorus again. I'm going to a city where there be no Sinner and saint. I don't know where that comes from. 
Amen. I thank the Lord. Amen. I got my ticket for the first call. Amen. For the first call. Amen. I may not be sure, Brother Robert, when this is going to be. Amen. But I can tell you, I'm within seven years of it. Amen. One way or the other, or three and a half years, one way or the other. But I'm ready should he call. Amen. And I try to live every day as if it's going to be my last day. And, uh, you know, there, it, it's hard to do like that. Amen. It's hard to do like that. Huh? So, this, uh, this evening, this uh, morning, since we got all these young people here, of course, we're missing two of them right this moment, but anyway, they'll be back in. I want to take my text from Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6, a very familiar scripture here. Is the very last verse of Romans chapter 6. Amen. Romans is right after Acts. Romans chapter 6 and verse 23. And so if you're able to stand with us this morning, stand with us while we take this very familiar scripture. It should be in the soul winner's uh, toolbox also this particular scripture it says for the wages of sin is death but the gift of god is eternal life through jesus christ our lord if you can repeat it with me as i read it for the wages of sin is death but the gift of god is eternal life through jesus christ our lord Let's bow our heads. Dear Lord Jesus, we do thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that your word is not hard to understand. Neither is it complicated or, or uh, got tricks in it, Lord. But your word is easy to understand, is straightforward, and it will help us to know just where we are at in our lives and where our relationship stands between us and you. Come by, Lord, here this morning. Help us, Lord, to be earning the right wages. Help us, Lord, to be living in the right way, Lord Jesus. That, Lord, when you call, we might be found worthy because your blood is still applied to our hearts and to our lives. Help us, we pray. In Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. That was some of you. All right. The wages of sin. So, young people here, have you ever worked for wages? Huh? Have you ever done a, jo a job and somebody paid you for something? That's what that uh, is talking when it says for the wages. Wages. Learn earning money. And unfortunately, in our country and in our day and time, we have to earn some money, okay? Because we have bills. You can't live in America for free. You're going to have to have some money. You don't, sometimes you don't have to have a whole lot of money, but you got to have some money. Uh, uh, Andrew, you ever worked for money? You have? Really? What about you, Aurora? Yeah? Okay. 
The rest of you youngins too, tried. You've never worked and earned some money. Never. Nobody ever said, hey, pick up my yard and I'll give you $5 for it. Wow. We're going to have to work on you. Amen. Wages. You got to earn some money. And I want to tell you something. All of us may not necessarily be earning money, but we are earning something. Here in these verses, it says the wages of sin. When I was younger, they used to say, if you're going to dance, you got to pay the fiddler. And what that meant was, if you're going to go out and party or, or play around and do all that, there are consequences to your actions. And what you do has actions uh, or reactions to it. Um, one of Einstein, I think it was Laws of Relativity, talked about for every action there's an equal and opposite reaction i i think that was einstein i don't it's been a long time since i've been in school but anyway what that means is if you do something you're going to get a reaction out of it you ever push somebody you ever push somebody did they push you back come on now you know they did they might have pushed you one time, but then come around and push you again or get you somehow or another. What, what happened? Why did they hit you in the back of your head or push you back, huh? Because they're reacting to what you're doing. And you have to realize a lot of things in life that we do are reactions toward others and how we react. Can I tell you? You're going to be judged in heaven and judged by the Lord by your reactions. Huh? How you react toward others. In the Ten Commandments, the Lord gave uh, Ten Commandments. Really and truly in the Hebrew, it's just ten words. But what it means, uh, the first five of those commandments are man's, our reactions toward God and what we do toward God. And then the next five are how we react toward others. Huh? God cares about how we react toward others. And there's a lot of times our actions can bring out reactions from others. You know, if you give a person a scowl, they probably won't talk to you, huh? You know? You know, first time you meet them, but hey, if you give them a smile, you know, hey. They might talk to you again, right? Huh? No, yeah, they will. Amen. And uh, so our reactions, how we react and how things act on us. When we disobey God, there's a consequence to it. And here, there's a wage that's paid. And I want to tell you something. Some of the times when you commit sin is not just going to be for your eternal soul. It can have a reaction to you today. Amen. When a person commits a fornication or adultery, it affects you today in your life. 
Amen. According to the scriptures. Amen. Uh, one of the scriptures says that a, a man that committed adultery says that Mark will never be erased from his life. Forever! Huh? You can't get saved from it. Thank the Lord. But there will always be that mark on you. They'll always know. Uh-huh. Yep. There was something else. Likewise, if you youngins... I mean, look at me, youngins. If y'all ever lie to your teacher or to your parents or to some authority, there'll be a mark on you because you know everything comes out in the wash. You understand what that means? Huh? You understand? Oh, I'll explain it to you. When I was a young person, it was a long time ago, I know, but I was young too, huh? And I was sneaking around and smoking cigarettes. Huh? And we think mom and dad never catch us. Sometimes they would smell something on us and we'd blame it on somebody else. Well, I was in the car with dad. My dad smoked too, you know. Mm, you know. But then one day I came back home from school. And just like normal, my mom had all my folded clothes out there on the bed for me to go ahead and put them up. And also with the folded clothes was that pack of cigarettes I had. That's where I came up with that, that saying, it'll come out in the wash. Amen. God has a way of revealing our sins so that other people know. And you know why God lets other people know? To let you know you can't escape Him. He is God. There's nowhere you can hide. There's no uh, a disguise you can put on. There is no cave you can crawl into. There is no spaceship you can fall, uh, go out into space, amen, to escape God's uh, purview, to, for Him to look at you and to understand you and to see what you are doing. And not only see what you're doing, but to understand the intents of your mind and of your heart. He sees all of that. Uh, I was talking a little earlier to Trey. There's a book written up there in heaven. No, I was in uh, Logan. There's a book up in heaven. Did you guys know there are books being written about you? Huh? Aurora. There's a book written by you. Now, they don't call that a biography, do they? Whenever a book's written by a person. An autobiography is when you write it. Okay, so a biography is whenever somebody else is writing it. Okay, so there's a biography written. But it's even closer because that book not only writes what you did, but what you wanted to do and what you thought. Oh, I wanted to choke that person. So it's written in the book. Right there by your name. Oh, I wish I. Be careful. I'm preaching about the wages of sin. God is recording them. Amen. I know I don't preach on sin, but I mention about hell 
Amen. And hell is an awful, awful place to go to. Yeah. It is your worst nightmares, but without waking up. It is the worst place or the worst situation you've ever been, but without it ever getting any better. It is, uh, the Bible talks about it's a place of fire, amen, and brimstone, and that a person is constantly uh, being under attack with that fire and all, but also it says where the worm dies not. And it says in another place where the bittering and the corneth Amen. And those are those type of animals that when dead bodies are left somewhere, they fly over and they start picking on them dead bodies. Amen. It is going to be a place of torment for eternity without relief. Yes. yes. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And how do we get there? By having unforgiven sin. Unforgiven sin. I know. This is not a popular message. But young people, if y'all can learn it early, there'll be a whole lot less scars in your life. A whole lot less regrets. A whole lot less things that you might have to go back and fix whenever you get right with God. Amen. And so I'm talking about the wages it's going to cost you. It's going to cost your eternal soul. And uh, on this earth, it's going to cost you your friends at times. Some of your friends are not going to go along with some of the junk you're you're trying to do. So they'll leave you. Amen. It's going to cost you the wages of sin. It's going to cost you your relationship with your your family. Amen. And your friends. Uh, It's going to cost you at times... Um, if you, it, when you get married, it can cost you between you and your spouse and you and your children. Amen. The wages of sin is going to cost you. Yes, it does. And it doesn't matter if you're a young person or an old person. It's going to cost you. And it said, what are the wages? Huh? When you sin, do I get $50? When I sin, do I get get a bunch of jewelry? Huh? When I sin, do I get Aladdin's lamp? When I sin, what are the wages you get? Here in these scriptures it said, for the wages of sin, what you're going to be paid. Amen. Uh, at the end of your life, uh, the wages of sin is death. I hope you young people have never, never seen somebody die. Those that are lost and undone away from God. And I have seen some that were Christian when they pass out from this world and go into the next. It's a horrible sight. We don't have near the death uh, recordings of people today as we did back then. And it was because, it's because of a particular drug that they will give to a lot of people as they're dying. It's called morphine. And what it basically does, it numbs them so they can't hardly say anything. They can't really even think about anything. They're just kind of there before they die. Morphine. 
Okay? But you can go back to the early, well, even the mid-1900s when people died, you would hear things and sometimes they were horrible things. Oh, no, 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 don't let him in this house. Don't let him. Get away, get him away from me. Get him away from me. And then they quit talking. They were seeing the angel of death. Huh? Yeah. And, and a lot of times they would see or oh, some of them would feel fire in their feet. Oh, my feet, they're hot. They're hot. They're hot. Oh, my feet, they're hot. They're hot. Oh, give me some water. Give me some cool. Give me some comfort. Amen. Before they would pass on into death. There are some that will say, oh, oh no, I didn't mean to do that. I didn't mean to do that. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Pass on into death. The wages of sin is death. Sometimes they get really violent. Their bodies react and all that in a real violent way. Huh? It's a horrible thing to see. But you see, you know what hell is? Hell is eternal death. Eternal death. For the wages of sin is death. We've got to learn to hate sin. Because of our our great ancestor, Adam, uh, and because of others that are in our bloodline, uh, man's tendency is to sin. It is to rebel from God. It is to go away from God and to do our own thing and to do our own pleasures. And I don't care what God says. Oh, that's something because it's born in us. There is that seed of sin in us. That's why Jesus came. Aren't you glad that Jesus said, I'll step out of the throne of heaven and come and walk as a mere human being? Amen. So that people would think I'm just another man. Amen. He walked among us, but oh, he was different. He wasn't made just like us. Amen. In that his son body, when he came forth from the Virgin Mary, he had no sin. He did not have the Adamic sin in his life. He was pure. He was sinless. And he looked just like the rest of us. Huh? Come on. He looked just like us. Huh? When you bumped into Jesus when he walked this earth, you either loved him or you hated him. That's the way people are today. They either love him or they hate him. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God. A gift. Have you ever been given a gift? Woo! I love receiving gifts. Huh? I love receiving gifts, don't you? Huh? Roar, you like gifts? Okay. Well, give me a bobble every now and then, okay? Yeah, I like gifts. How about you, Andrew? Okay, yeah, I like gifts. Huh? I love gifts. I like unwrapping. Now, a lot of times you have to just open the bag and get that 
trash out of it first, get your gift, huh? But I love gifts. Huh? So it says, but the gift, well, let me, let me uh, make a point here first. Have you ever had to pay for a gift? You ever pay for a gift? And want a gift. If you had to pay for it, it wasn't a gift. True gifts are given to you without cost, without strings, without, uh, you know, well, I'll give you this if you'll do this for me. A true gift comes to you, no strings attached. Huh? How you like that? No strings attached. Now, I'm not talking about if somebody gave you money and you went out and bought your own gift. I'm not talking about that. But if you're having to pay for a gift, it's not a true gift. It hasn't been given to you freely. I want to talk to you about the gift of God. But the gift of God, the gift of God, I would think he knows how to give gifts, don't you? Bibles. Amen. For the gift of God is eternal life. Huh? Not eternal death. Eternal life. Amen. That means that you'll be living. Uh, you won't have birds pecking at your head. You won't have the worm that dies not inside of your body. You won't have the flames licking up at you. Amen. The dark flames, the burning, the howling. No, you won't have any of that. You're going to have life. Amen. And uh, really and truly, you're going to have life. And it's going to be more abundantly, even right now. Life. Amen. To be able to breathe. To be able to see. Amen. To be able to enjoy. To be able to eat and to live for God. Amen. The gift of God. Not just, well, you'll get to live an extra hundred years. No, eternal. Eternal. I know I've used this illustration a bunch of times. But, uh, y'all, Teresa, what's some little birds that come by our house and eat your stuff all the time? Not the, not the hummingbirds. Little wrens, little, you know, a little bird, you know? You know a little bird? Y'all see little birds? Sparrow. A little sparrow. Uh, Trey, you know a little sparrow? Yeah. You know little birds. You've seen little But you've seen them before, haven't you? Okay. That's good enough. All right. So if it were possible for a little teeny bird to flap his wings and to be able to pick up a grain of sand in his beak and to fly out of this atmosphere and all the way to the moon and to drop that little piece of sand off and then to come back. That'd probably take a long time, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. It'd take a long time just for one grain of sand. So if that bird... Of course, we're, we're talking, you know, about a bird that can do things that's not normal. And, and this is an illustration, okay? It's not true. But if that little bird just kept going back and forth 
picking up a grain of sand when all of the sand on the earth, amen, has been deposited onto the moon, eternity will have just right. begun. Yeah. Woo! Hallelujah! All oh, eternity will have just begun. Amen. All oh, eternity is forever and ever and ever. It is beyond time. It is beyond our understanding. Eternity. And so the gift of God that is given unto us is eternal life. But there's a key and key part of this. Eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through Him. It'll not be through Stalin. It'll not be through whatever sitting president we have in, in our country. It'll not be through uh, the Buddhas that are all around the world. It will not be through Muhammad, his whatever they say about him, the prophet. Okay? It's not going to be through the God that Muhammad served because his God is different than our God. Okay? It's not going to be through witchcraft. It's not going to be through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen? In him is life. In him is eternal life. In Him, amen, is all of our hopes yeah. and aspirations. In Him is our satisfactions of all of the things in our life that we would ever want to do or ever desire to do in Jesus and through Him. So how can we receive this gift? By receiving Jesus into our hearts in our lives. Now that's such a misused cliche in our country and probably in the world to receive them into our hearts. It's more than just saying, I receive Jesus into my heart. Yes. Huh? That'd be about like, you know, uh, let's be, I'm trying to be careful here, you know. Well, I, I'll receive Brother Robert into my heart. Huh? Well, he might can be a friend. He might can be the elder of the church. But as far as him coming into my heart, I'm sorry, Brother Robert. You've got a place in my heart. I forever will remember you. But that's not the same as him coming into my heart. Hmm? Any of you youngins had or have any of those play conversations, you know, maybe something like, okay. Now, what do you do when you get tired of one game and you put another game in? Huh? Oh, it's all up, just one? Oh. See, I'm slow. I didn't know. It used to be when I was younger, I had to take one cartridge out and put a new cartridge in. You don't have to do that anymore? But you do have to get out of one program and start another program, don't you? Okay, well, I'll try it from there. So, that's kind of the way it is with our hearts. 
Not quite exactly, but anyway, I think I can work it around. So, <laughs> so when you take Jesus into your heart, it's like you changing the operating system of your little game. Okay? And so before, now I hope y'all don't do it, but some of those little games that you play, they might have cuss words in them. Or bad pictures in them. Yeah. Or if they don't have bad pictures, they might have um, blood and guts in them. Things of death, you know? Uh, and so some of the, that's the way some of those games are. I'm not saying everybody's is, but that might be some of the way the games are. So to get that out of that little game thing, you've got to change the whole operating system out. You've got to change it. Now, this is how old school I am. Okay. You got to change it from Windows No. You got to change it from Windows or Android. What's the operating system called for iPhones? The Apple iPhone. Got to get all that out of that and you got to download it with God's program. Right. Amen. And so that game thing is going to operate totally different than what it did before. You'll never hear a cuss word. You'll never see a bad sign. Amen. And uh, whatever temptations do come from outside of the game thing, you'll be strong enough to be able to go on through. Amen. That's what Jesus in you does. He lives in your heart, but He lives through you. Amen. Hallelujah. That's why they were called Christians at Antioch is because some of those folks who had brought Jesus into their heart, they acted like Jesus. They did some of the same things Jesus did. They loved their enemies. Amen. They were like Christ. Christians. Little Christ. We've got to have a change in our heart. Amen. So we used to like doing drugs. We gotta quit quit that. If we like watching pornography, you gotta quit that. If you liked uh, watching horror movies about the devil and all that, we gotta quit doing that, huh? All those wicked things out there. If you like being a uh, drunk, we gotta quit that. The Bible clearly says, "Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, the Holy Ghost." Amen. And so God's ways are totally different. And when we get the gift of God, there'll be a change in our hearts and lives, and we will want to do what He wants us to do. Thank the Lord. Amen. My wife was right. When I first became saved, when I first heard the Lord's call, uh, when I first felt my need to be saved, I have to admit it was a little emotional on the side, but on the other side, it was logical. It's like, well, hell or heaven? Right. Huh? Yes. Which do you want? You want to go to hell or you want to go to heaven? Oh, you want to be in all that uh, 
pain and agony or you want to go to heaven. Amen. And so it was a logical decision for me to make. And it took me a little while before I could get Jesus into my heart. You may not always be able to make that emotional leap right at that moment, but you can make a logical leap. Amen. And if you begin to live for God and try to obey God, after a while, He's going to cross your path and you're going to have that emotional, amen, a change. And that gift's going to be in you. Amen. And you're not going to want to live for the devil. Amen. You're going to want to live for God. And so when I first got saved, it was emotional. I'm sorry, it was logical and all. And uh, some have said, well, Brother Jeff, y'all use fear. Well, we got Bible for using fear. Huh? Over in Jude, in the 20th verse, let's see here, yeah. It said, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. That's what we do a lot of times. We may not like the way things or the way you're living, but we're doing our best to pull you out of that fire. Amen. So that you'll get to know Jesus. Now I know some are farther along in the Lord and that verse is talking about those who have just gotten saved. I know that. But oh, it applies. Amen. That's why uh, I know some doors of churches, they only want members in or they only want a certain type group of people. Well, our church, we want whosoever will. Because we love souls. And we don't want anyone to go to hell. I don't want anyone to go to hell. I don't want my worst enemy to go to hell. But I love these verses right here. Because he's talking. Tracy, come on. Come. Give us a word. Same for us, I mean. Here in Jude, he's talking also about those who have come to know Christ. I am so thankful that when I got saved, the Lord in heaven did not expect for me to live and to have the experience that my pastor had. He'd been serving God already at that time 30 or 40 years. Y'all still with me? He didn't expect that. When we get Jesus in our heart, He'll lead us on gently. And He'll bring us along. And He'll teach us His ways. And then, now everybody's a little different, but with me, sometimes I'd wake up and kind of say, I don't feel the Lord like I did yesterday. Huh? And I'd get to praying. And the Lord would bring back a memory to me. You remember so-and-so was preaching and he was preaching about and he'd name it. You're still doing that. And I think, yeah, Lord, I know. I know. Lord, if you'll just come back by, help me again. I'll quit that. Brother Jackie, I'm sorry. That's what I've done. Huh? And guess what happened? When I quit doing what he dealt with me on my, in my heart, the Lord came back by. Amen. 
Woo! Thank the Lord. <laughs> poor Teresa. No, not poor Teresa. When we were young in the Lord, oh, we'd have a wonderful service. And we'd be riding home. And I hadn't been saved very long now, folks. And Teresa would say, I don't understand how you've got a blessing. I'd look at her like, what are you talking about, girl? She said, and she'd name it all off. You know how wives are. You're doing this, and you're doing this, and you're doing this. You know, and I said, well, God hadn't dealt with me. Now, that's not an excuse not to do it. Okay, I was just fighting with her. But, um, and, and the Lord still blessed you. Huh? You ever been there? I want to tell you something about the Lord. He loves you. And there's times He will bless you on credit. He's saying, come on. Come unto me. All ye that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Amen. And so, these scriptures here talk about talking to the saints, talking to those who are saved, the new saved, the, the ones that have been said, keep yourselves in the love of God. Huh? Y'all are too young to understand things of love. Thank the Lord for what y'all do understand, but I mean, you'll understand it more by and by. <laughs> but um, fall in love with somebody, and then some days, you're not quite sure. My daddy gave me some really good advice. Young men, young men, my, my dad gave me some really good advice about being married. And he did it like the way I'm going to show you. Okay, so you're going to have to look at me. He said, one day you're going to wake up and you're going to turn over and you're going to say, what have I done? What have I done? He said, if you'll just stay there, stay in that commitment, that love will come back and it'll be even greater than it was before. Amen. That's what Jude's saying. Amen. Keep yourselves in the love of God. The devil will fight your love for him all the time. He may even wear it down, but if you'll take another look, Don Root said, take another look back toward him, Jesus, you'll fall in love with the Savior all over again. Amen. And it gets better and better and better the longer you love him. Amen. Amen. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercies of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And of some have compassion, making a difference, and others say with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted with the flesh. Now listen to these verses, okay? Talking about the gift of God. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. Trey, did you know the Lord is able to keep you from stumbling, falling, sinning? Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless. Woo! 
Jesus washes us one more time, cleanses us. Amen. It's not to be used, amen, like a uh, breakfast and supper or lunch. No, no, no. Uh, John, First John said, and if we sin, to be the exception, you got to do your part, folks. But He's able to present you faultless before the presence of His glory. Okay, y'all. You'll miss the preaching if you don't look up here. Okay? He's able to present uh, present now to Him now unto Him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of His glory with exceeding joy. joy. Yeah. Woo! Look, Lord! Look at the ones that I brought here. Amen. Look. Look at the ones that have been saved by the blood. Look, Lord. Look. Amen. He's able to present us faultless. Amen. And to present us with unto the glory with exceeding joy. Amen. God loves us. And He loves us in a great way. Amen. I don't know about you, but I don't want them wages of sin. I want that gift of God. Amen. So let's stand all across the house. All across the house. Amen. Heads bowed, eyes closed. We talked about that ticket. We talked about our name in that land's book of life. I want to tell you something. The Lord lets us know where our name's at. When people ask you sometimes, are you saved? And you answer, I don't know. You might as well be answering no. No. Because the Spirit of God will witness with your spirit that you are a child of God. Is there anyone here this morning needs that gift? That gift? Oh, he's well able to save. He's well able to keep. We've got to want got to want him more than anything else. Anyone else. And if we got that gift, Bible talks for, about us examining ourselves whether or not we be in the faith. Is there something God's dealing with you about that you need? You need more of God? You need to do less of something? We need to get in and pray. So I'm going to ask us all to gather, come and let's pray and let's seek the Lord here this morning. The gift of God is sitting here on these altars where you're praying at. It's right there at you. Amen.